0: I introduced Deborah and Catherine as two young ladies I've seen grow in the program over the years. As far as our next young lady goes, Cinnamon, I've known Cinnamon for a very short time, but in the length of time I've known her, she's changed. She has grown. She has shed some tears along with the rest of us. Being around the program as much as I have I've seen a lot of stories that just tie in together. One just ties right into the next one you hear. And that just goes to prove that every Alateen, like every Al-Anon and every AA, has been in each other's shoes at one time or another. Alateen rooms statewide and county and countrywide, the rooms should be packed as much as our AA and Al-Anon rooms are. Like I said, she's not been in the Alateen program very long, but she has graced our group. She's a young lady of strength, courage, love, and compassion. She's proved that every Monday night when she's been in a meeting and shared. She's going to prove that today. She's learning her program as she lives her program one day at a time. It's with great admiration that I introduce to you as her first talk in front of a convention, Cinnamon H from the Grace Stretch and Grow Alatine Group. Cinnamon.
1: Hi, my name is Cinnamon. <laughs> Gosh, there's a bunch of y'all. <laughs> um, I asked a girl yesterday and she had spoken at a convention I asked her, I said, I'm pretty well comfortable with my speech. It's short, but I don't know how to start it off. And she said, well, I started mine out with a joke. And I said, well, I don't know any clean (laughs) ones. And my mom's sitting back there and I don't think she'd appreciate that. (laughs) So I guess I'll just start when alcoholism affected me. And um, it started affecting me as long as I can remember, Um, which was about five or six. We lived in Columbus, Georgia. And um, my dad was an alcoholic. And um, as you all know, alcoholism is really hard on the family just by itself. But another thing that made it so hard on our family was that my dad was a preacher at the time. And um, as you all know, drinking, in that profession it's just not something you do (laughs) it just isn't done and um so we did all the wrong things um we kept it a secret we didn't i had never heard of Alatine, and mother had never heard of Al-Anon. and so we didn't have anybody to talk to because you know you can't talk to anybody in the church because your dad's the preacher and i didn't know what was going on (laughs) and so i kept it we all kept it a secret and um, we made excuses for him when he would be drunk or passed out and somebody from the church came over we just tell him that daddy was sick or he didn't feel like talking and if they could come back another time and um my dad was a busybody and he loved to do something he loved to be doing something all the time even when he was drinking and so the whole family would go right behind him picking up stuff and cleaning up his messes and um we constantly did this all the time and um it was a big burden on the whole family and we thought when my daddy realized what he what a tremendous strain he was putting on the family that you know he would straighten up and that he would fly right (laughs) (laughs) but um we soon found out that um what we'd been doing was just enabling him to drink because he felt that you know everything's been going along so good you know i don't ha I don't have a problem, but um we knew different <laughs> and um we kept doing everything for him, and um things kept on getting worse and um so it got real bad, and um it got so bad that um, we left for a while. Um that day me sorry me and my sister and my brother were at home And um, Daddy had really gotten bad drunk. And um, so we decided, Mother decided that it was getting just too bad. And she told us to go outside and to hide until she came and got us. And um, my Daddy had a gun at that time. And she told us if we heard the gun go off, to go get a neighbor. And so I hid in the bushes until she came out and she told us to get in the car. And we got in the car and we left and we took off for Florida. And all I had with me was an orange bikini and an old (laughs) t-shirt. No underwear, no nothing. And that's all we all had on, what we had on that day and that's it. And we took off for Florida to stay with one of my aunts. And um I really didn't understand it at that time I just thought, well, you know, we were just giving Daddy some time to be by himself And um we had a great time down in Florida. We went to Disney World and bought me all new clothes. <laughs> and um then somehow they got in, mother and daddy got in touch with each other and he swore he was gonna quit drinking. And that he was gonna straighten up and fly right. Well, she said, okay. And so we went back home and he was fine until we got settled down in our old routine and then he started back. And he even got worse than he was before. And so we decided that um, it was just getting too bad. After our little trip to Florida, I constantly kept a bag under my bed with clothes in it. (laughs) And any spare money I had, I put in that bag in case we ever had to do that again. And um, I didn't ever, I didn't have many friends at that time because I couldn't bring them home. I never knew what to expect from my dad. I loved him dearly, but you never knew what to expect. I walked on eggshells all my life. And one of the worst things that he ever did was he used to clean his guns when he'd get drunk. And um, my mom thought she was being real smart and sending us to bed when he got too bad. Well, a closed door doesn't help anything. It just makes it worse because you don't know what's going on. And I know many nights I've laid in a bed in a knot wondering, is he gonna kill her? Is he gonna kill himself? I just didn't know what to expect and um anyways we did have some funny things now that i look back mother had to work real hard because daddy couldn't support us because he couldn't hold down a job and so mother worked at a beauty parlor and would get home late and so daddy would be real helpful and um try to get us to bed before she got home and um we'd go and we'd take a bath and then we'd be ready to get in bed, and he'd say, "Didn't I tell you to take a bath?" So we'd get back in the bath again, and we'd take <laughs> a shower. We didn't ever argue with him. We just we would take three or four baths a night.
2: <laughs>
1: it's one thing I can say we were clean children. <laughs> but um, anyways, things did keep on getting worse, and so finally my mom decided that it was just too much to handle. So they got a divorce. And um, this was really hard on me because I am the youngest of three children, and um, I've always been a daddy's girl. I've always t- taken up for my dad. And um, he gave me this guilt trip about, well, if you love me, you'll come live with me. And um, I got to thinking, oh, I can't do this. I can't decide between two parents. It's just too hard. That's the worst thing a child can ever go through is just trying to... Both parents say, if you love me, you'll live with me. And um, thank goodness the courts decided that for me. They sent me with my mama, which I would have probably gone with anyways. And um, we went to Ida, Alabama, and we moved in with our grandparents. And my um, mother took on a job at Marico Bakery, doing a man's job, lifting 100-pound sacks of sugar on third shift and um my grandparents raised us for a while we lived there for what a year or two well seemed like two years (laughs) and um anyways and my grandmother this is my mother's mother and um she didn't understand alcoholism and um she thought you know we were rowdy kids I was six at that time, and my bro- my sister was three years older, and my brother was four. And, um, four years older than I was. And, um, she thought to settle us down and to keep us quiet, she would tell us, well, well acting like that, no wonder your daddy drinks. And, um, little stuff like, well, if y'all would have been nice, quiet kids, you know, your daddy would have never drank, you know, they would have never got a divorce. And, um, that really hit home. <laughs> and um, I felt really responsible and I thought that I was the reason for his drinking and um, I got a real low self-esteem after that and um, so I decided that um, mother, she was still working that job and um, by that time we moved out about six months later and um, we moved about a mile or two from them. We still lived in Idaho. And she worked third shift, so me and my brother and sister, we'd get ourselves up for school, and we'd get everything done. And um, we had to kind of raise ourselves, because I know it wasn't my mother's fault. that She had to work to support us, because at that time, my dad wasn't paying child support. But it was really hard, and um, <clears throat> I grew up real fast. And um, so did my other brothers and sisters, and um, we got into a lot of trouble. We got on the wrong set, and I think my sister was one of the world's worst about getting in trouble. And I think one of the main reasons she did get in trouble was because she had such a low self-esteem because she felt that she was worth nothing because we felt that we were the reason for our parents' divorce. We, were, we loved them so much, and it seems like we had just wrecked their lives. And um, so mother got to be sick, all raised around. She got physically sick from lifting sugar and doing all kinds of man's jobs at all kinds of shifts. And she got emotionally sick because we were such terrible kids. (laughs) (laughs) And um, (coughs) so she became hysterical and we became worse. And I still felt responsible for my dad, so I felt that to get away from the family scene that I would go see my dad and try to make up to him what I'd done. And um he promptly told me when I got down there that it wasn't my fault that we got a, that they got a divorce. <laughs> and um that he didn't have a drinking problem. So of course I believed him. And um so anyways, I went down there and I felt better, you know, having him tell me that I wasn't the reason. And um, that my sister and my brother never did. And um, they just kept on getting into more trouble and more trouble. And um, so my mother had a nervous breakdown and had to go into Valley Hospital and um, it was over the summer when it happened and I was down at Music Workshop which was this organization where all the a bunch of churches get together and sing and everything and um, all I had heard Granny Lou my grandmother that we lived with she was down there also and um, I didn't know anything about what was going on and um, All she told me was that my mom was in the hospital and that I'd probably never see her alive again. And um, she told me that, you know, if I ever needed anything to go to her though. But um, I fell all to pieces right there. And I'm glad I had a friend there that I could talk to. And um, anyways, I called my brother and he told me, he said, she's quite all right, she's just not all there.
2: <laughs> and, and
1: so I said, oh, okay. I mean, it was a real relief because I thought, you know, I've lived with my mother this long and what am I going to do if she's gone? I, I I can't live with my dad. I couldn't stand being around an alcoholic that much. It would me crazy. So anyways, when when she went into the hospital, this was just three years ago? Yeah. Three years ago. And, um, she met a guy there, an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually thought she had lost her mind. I thought, this woman got out of one and getting into another, I'm going to kill her. But, um, he was in there for alcoholism and um since then ever since they met each other he's never drank and I've never seen him but I can imagine because he still got his temper from it (laughs) but um he's just he's just a wonderful man and um they got married two years ago (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I'm a little short on time and um so they got married and um that was a sweet wedding I even got to do a bridesmaid for my mom that was something every kid can't say <laughs> and um, so anyways um, I asked her she came up here and she got to go into the Grace Monday night Al-Anon and um, oh she just thought it was wonderful she just thought every problem could be cured in that and um, I asked her, it was around Christmas, and I asked her, I said, what do you want for Christmas, Mama? And she said, honestly? I said, of course. She said, I want you to go to Alateen. I said, are you crazy?
2: <laughs>
1: I said, Alateen's for people that can't handle their situation. I've got everything under control. <laughs> and um, what I hadn't realized was, through all these years, I had never told one person that my father was an alcoholic. My best friend didn't even know until... I did take her down there one time, one time only. And um, I guess she found out from experience. But um, other than that, I had never told anybody. I never had talked to anybody about it. When I, when I got to Ider in the first grade, there was a counselor there, but I didn't tell her anything. <coughs> I, I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. And um, so anyways, I decided that if she really wanted that for Christmas, I would go displace her and oh I'm so glad she did <laughs> help me I must admit I thought I had it all together but I was a basket case <laughs> and uh, the first meeting I went and I cried and I felt my guts and I felt ten years younger and three pounds lighter (laughs) (laughs) and I just felt like I felt so good and so I kept on going back and I cried for the next three meetings and um, I'm glad I had my it's really meant a lot to me and these people right here. But um, I kept going and I thought gosh this is a wonderful program and then I started doing my steps and I didn't even realize it was the same meeting once I started doing my steps because when I first came I let go of all my pent up feelings but I still had that resentment inside me. And I didn't realize it was there. At first I thought I felt sorry for my dad, but then I realized I really did resent him because he was supposed to be my role model. And here he is drinking, they've gotten a divorce. I mean, everything's just gone. And um, it really was hard even after I got into Alana oh, I'm not in Alan. I'm in <laughs> Alatine. <Al-Teen. laughs> after I got into Alatine and um I I still I went to see my dad after I'd been gone about a month and I lost it all. <laughs> I did I forgot everything I had learned. And when I got down there I just got so sick. And um I told my mom to come get me. I said, I need to go home now. She said, well, why? My um, sister-in-law was coming back Sunday and um, I asked her to meet me in Atlanta Saturday. That was halfway between my dad and my mom's house. And she said, well, okay. And um, So I talked, we got in the car and we left and I cried all the way home because I felt that my dad had reached the point where, you know, alcoholism is a disease or a sickness. Or I wondered what you do when there is no person, just a sickness. And that's what I felt my dad had become. But now I know that there's nothing I can do. I can just pray for him and love him and hope that he can overcome this. But I am so thankful for my Allen team. It has helped me so much. And um, I'm glad y'all let me speak too, because it does a lot just to get it out. And um, if there's any new people here that have been going on, please stick with the program. It works. Thank you.